This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 349, Comic Reviews, the week of Wednesday, February the 17th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Chapman, and this is episode 349 as we take a look at comics that were released the week of Wednesday, February the 17th. Uh, as always, we take a quick look at uh, comics that came out last week, look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, there's a lot of comics that came out last week, uh, a bunch that we're not going to have a chance to talk about, so some of the books we're not going to be looking at today uh, include Uncanny and Humans, Squad and Supreme, Silver Surfer, um, the print version of Deadpool and Cable Split Second, uh, Hawk Number Four, Wonder Woman, Titans Hunt, Sinestro, Poison Ivy, uh, Circle of Life and Death, Martian Manhunter, Lucifer, Harlequin, Clean Room, and Astro City are just some of the books we will not be talking about. So, what will we be talking about? Well, first up, we're going to be looking at Amazing Spider-Man Number Eight. Uh, this is the end of a storyline, which um, I, I just don't know how I feel about you know Spider-Man these days. Uh, I think I want to enjoy it more than I actually am. Um, so this is the end of the current story arc, uh, The Dark Kingdom Part 3. So it's nice to have shorter storylines. It's written by Dan Slott, artwork by Matteo Bufagni. Uh, as we see the ending of the storyline with Mr. Negative, Cloak and Dagger against Spider-Man. Um, there's, actually a, there's actually a lot going on here, but it didn't quite, you know... I, I just something about this book just doesn't feel like it's really resonating with me, and I don't know what it is. But it just seems like, you know, a lot of stuff is happening, but it just doesn't quite feel like. I don't know. I don't want to say it doesn't feel like Spider-Man because I feel like that's kind of an overused phrase and kind of a uh, an unintelligent one. But I just feel like I want to enjoy this book more than I have been. Um, the artwork I wasn't a huge fan. Uh, I didn't always know exactly what was happening in terms of uh, the betrayal of the of the action. Um, the whole storyline and the fact that you know we now we know who the you know who is the the traitor in this instance and um, I I just found this issue to be a little there's a lot going on but at the same time I didn't find a lot of it that engaging um, you know Peter finding out about his girlfriend giving her another chance to kind of you know work off the fact that you know she's basically being blackmailed to to save a family member all these things and yet this this somewhat doesn't resonate. It's nice to see Cloak and Dagger restored to their iconic uh, versions and their classic versions now that they're not uh, uh, kind of um, they're not modified or reverted. Uh, I just, and then the ending makes you feel like, you know, we're about to see something cool with Cloak and Dagger, but I don't necessarily think that's the case either. I'm going to give it a six and I think I'm kind of grading up on it. I think it probably is a little bit less than that. Um, next up is Avengers Standoff. Welcome to Pleasant Hill, number one. I actually really enjoyed this. I thought it was a, a quite a good read. Um, a lot going on here. But it was a very kind of cool concept. I, I feel like in some ways it, it should have been around a few years ago, but it just feels like they keep kind of modifying what S.H.I.E.L.D. is and where S.H.I.E.L.D. is at this point in time. It's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Mark Bagley, who just once again delivers fantastic work. The whole storyline here is really kind of cool as we learn more and more about, you know, this area, um, you know, the idea that they're kind of conditioning people to be in this world and they realize that something's actually going on and they're being brainwashed and they're, they're, it's, it's just a very cool concept. Um, I like that Baron Zima was kind of the, the main kind of character here, even though we didn't know it. Um, I thought this was pretty exciting. Um, book. It was well written. I mean, it makes me actually interested for Standoff in a way I don't think I was before. 
Uh, it just feels weird that we have standoff and then secret, sorry, and then um, Civil War two. But I thought this was a very solid issue, uh, a good way to kind of start set up what Pleasant Hill really is. And I was just excited to see Baron Zemo and Fixer, and uh, it, it made me, it was a good read. It was a very solid read. It made me curious what was happening, what was going to happen next. Um, it really piqued my interest and uh, definitely made me interested to see what Standoff is actually going to bring. Because prior to this, I don't think I was that interested in Standoff as a concept. That being said, we didn't really know a lot about it. But now that we have this one shot, I'm, I'm actually invested. And now I care. Next up is Batman and Robin Eternal, number 20. Um, we keep this storyline kind of moving forward. It's written by, well, the story is by James Tinian IV and Scott Snyder. The script is by Tim Seeley, and then the art is by Roge Antonio and Geraldo Borges. Um, it definitely feels like we're, you know, we're finally kind of in the end game. We're, we're getting close to the end. Uh, we're seeing more about what Mother's big kind of goal is. Uh, Damien shows up here, which was kind of cool. Overall, though, it kind of... It's kind of boring me a little. Just I feel like it should actually have more going on. I, it's interesting. Again, I read critically that you know people seem to be enjoying Batman and Robin Eternal more than Batman Eternal. But I am the the inverse of that. I think Batman Batman Eternal overall had a better story, more complexity. Whereas this one, I think, is much more straightforward. But I, I'm personally less invested and less interested. I'm going to give it a six myself. Uh, I just think, don't think it's as good as its as its predecessor. Uh, next up is Carnage number five. This is just fantastic book. Very interesting. It's written by Jerry Conway, who is going to be on an upcoming episode. I think it might be episode 352, so look forward to that. But uh, we'll talk Carnage, I'm sure, on that show. Um, so I, I, I love the interaction here of what Carnage can do now. His kind of exposure to the Darkhold, uh, seeing where they kind of go with this. I like that we're kind of mixing Carnage in with more horror elements. Um, definitely intrigued what the next storyline is going to have. Um, I, I really dug this. I mean, Perkins' art is fantastic. Conway has a really s- sharp script. Um, it's interesting. If you told me a year ago that Jerry Conway, the legendary Jerry Conway, would be writing a Carnage book and it would be great and different from anything you'd seen before in terms of a Carnage book, I don't, I, I don't even know if I would have believed you. I would have been like, that's a weird taste. That's you know Conway with Carnage, like a very '90s character with a classic writer of the '70s. Um, you know, it doesn't even seem to jive in my head, but it's actually really good. It's a fantastic book. You really should give it a shot if you haven't already. It's it's well worth your time. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is Dr. Fate, and I'm not really sure why I'm still reading this. It's just not quite working for me. Um, written by Paul Levitz, artwork by Sunny Liu. I do like that it's, it's definitely different. It definitely has its own sensibility, its own artistic style. It just isn't quite vibing for me. Not that I'm like beholden to the original Doctor Fate character, because I'm not. I, I don't. I've read a little bit of Doctor Fate, but not much. So I'm kind of an open book when it comes to just give me a, a good solid story. I'm just the art and the story feels. I don't know. It, it's, it hasn't quite worked for me. I'm not really that invested in the Khalid as a character. Uh, his interactions with Doctor Fate or the Helm of Fate, I should say, and Naboo. I just feel like maybe the storyline should have progressed further. Like, we're at the ninth issue, and it, it still feels we're at, like we're in the, the first six issues, if that makes sense. Like, it still feels like we're in the very formative kind of um, issues of this book, as opposed to already being, you know, close to nine months. That's, you know, three quarters of a year we've had already with this book, and yet it hasn't quite really managed to fire on all cylinders at all. I'm going to give this a five. Um, not a big fan of the art. The story by Levitz isn't quite working for me. I like Levitz as a writer, too. It's just something about this just doesn't quite work. 
Uh, next up is Extraordinary X-Men number 7. Yeah, I did not really care for this. This is written by Jeff Lemire, artwork by Victor Ibanez. Um, this just isn't the X-Book for me. And, and what's nice about Marvel's output right now is that they're, they have three very different flavors of X-Books. And I got to say, like, I appreciate that. Because um, you're not going to get the same story in all three X-Books. There, there was a time... Sorry about that. Um, there was a time where we definitely got a lot of sameness in the different X-Books uh, a long time ago. But this is not that case. This is, you're getting three very distinct different types of X-Books between this, Amazing, and Uncanny. And for me, I think this is my least favorite. I think Uncanny and, uh, sorry, not Amazing, All New. Uh, Uncanny and All New are definitely my favorites. Extraordinary X-Men is kind of at the bottom of the pile. Um, I like that we have Sunfire here. I thought that was kind of cool to kind of bring them back in the fold. Um, the whole kind of mental mindscape of Nightcrawler, I don't think it added much, um, and it just didn't quite work for me. And again, the resonance of Jean Grey hugging Nightcrawler doesn't really mean anything either. I don't really like this this design for Nightcrawler either, with like the where it looks less like he's fuzzy and more like he's just blue, and he's got the weird like long hair and weird like chainmail. Like I just I, I didn't like this. The art I wasn't a big fan of. Uh, the story I felt was kind of boring and uh, uninteresting and didn't really push the characters in a new direction. Uh, There's a chance for a lot of potential here and I think it was unrealized. Uh, So I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. Uh, Next up is Mighty Thor. Um, This was pretty good. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of this run, but I think it's been solid. Uh, Definitely setting up to a big battle between Thor and Odin, which I think is long overdue. Um, A lot of intrigue with with the elves. I just think that a lot of that stuff is kind of moving a little slowly but uh the artwork remains fantastic um again strong script by uh jason aaron not that that's a surprise in any way because he's just great russell dowderman again is just a very clear concise visual style it's very consistent um so i'm gonna give this uh much stronger let's let's see maybe a seven and a half out of ten uh, next up is Power Man and Iron Fist. Man, I this was really good. This entertained me a lot more than I was originally expecting. Um, it's written by... Let me find the creative team here. Tons of uh, variant covers as well, which is... I don't know if that's good or, about, good or not. Written by David Walker. I work for Sanford Green. Not sure if I know about either's uh, past. Wasn't a huge fan of the art. I think at times it worked a lot. I didn't like the take on uh, Tombstone. Um, it just felt very... Um, inconsistent, kind of a weird visual. Kind of reminded me of his visual on the Spectacular Spider-Man TV series that I didn't really, didn't really like either. I love the way the Luke Cage looked. I like, especially like the way he's dressed and just the overall visual style. The visual style for Danny, I wasn't as huge a fan on, but uh, there's a lot going on here. It was kind of a nice kind of putting the band back together, but not putting the band back together kind of issue. Um, I really dug it. I thought it was really strong. I don't know what I expected, but. This, uh, I think, uh, definitely outdid my, any expectations I had. Uh, I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. Very solid, solid issue. I'm excited to read more uh, from this creative team to see what they do with uh, the Power Man and Iron Fist duo. Uh, next up is Robin, son of Batman number 9. Um, this book has just been a lot of fun. It's uh, written by Patrick Leeson. He also does the pencils. Um, I like here, it's really an interesting meditation on, you know, Damien comes back to Gotham, Bruce is around, but he's not the Bruce that we remember, he's this other guy, uh, Robin's kind of trying to move through that, and uh, it's just really interesting, he, uh, 
you know, Robin's kind of home to stay. It, it kind of feels weird, though, because given what's that we have, you know, kind of Robo Batman, plus in the main Batman book, we have Bruce coming back. So it almost feels like oddly timed in terms of its release, but I thought it was a very strong issue. Uh, Damien continues to be a very interesting character to read about, considering how there was a time when I hated him. I know some people still do, but I think they've really rehabilitated the character into such a way that he's really interesting to read about. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is uh, Secret Six, number 11. Um, I I like this issue, but I didn't think it was great. I did like that we had Batgirl show up and kind of have a bit of a uh, fight with Catman, and that part of the issue I really enjoyed. The stuff with Strix and... Um, God, I, f- I forget her name. Um, the other girl. I, I don't know. Porcelain or whatever. Um, not a huge fan of that, but... I did like the the development of Strix, the fact that you have Shiva kind of coming for her. Um, again, Batgirl's appearance is pretty cool. Uh, this book just, I don't really know what it is, though. Like, it's been around, you know, almost a year now, and I still don't really know, have a sense of what this book is. Uh, this is part one of a new storyline, though, and it's nice to see that. It's written by Gail Simone, artwork by Dale Eaglesham, with Tom Derenek as well. Uh, I'm going to give it a um, 7 out of 10. Like, it, it was good. It wasn't great. Um, again, I'm not really sure if the book knows what it is yet. Uh, next up is Spider-Woman number four. Um, this was fantastic, really well written. Uh, it's by Dennis Hopeless, artwork by Javier Rodriguez. Now, we're going to have Dennis Hopeless on the show sometime in the next couple months. Um, so hopefully we'll be able to talk to him about Spider-Woman. Um, very, very well done. Spider-Woman's a badass. She also gives birth and is still a badass regardless. Um... Kind of really underscores how awesome of a character she is. Uh, the relationship between her and Carol is pretty cool as well. Um, I really enjoyed this. I'm excited to see more from this creative team. I'm glad they didn't drag out the whole pregnancy angle. Uh, I'm excited to see where they go with the character next and push her in new and exciting directions. Uh, so I'll give that uh, an 8.5 out of 10. Hell, I'm going to give that a 9. It was a really, really good read. Uh, next up is Star Wars 16. Uh, so we're back to telling, I think the last issue was the flashback, so we're back to telling regular mainstream stories by Jason Aaron and Lionel Francis Yu. Um, the art actually was really good, really kind of solid take on the characters and this world. Um, Dr. Afra, you know, is, is under lock and key. They're trying to figure out more about the characters. She's got some potential um, prior dealings with, uh, with her name is Sana. Um... There's a potential, you know, kind of effort to save or rescue Dr. Aphra. Uh, very cool stuff, which if you read Darth Vader, isn't a surprise because you knew that was coming. Very well done. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Next up, Starbrand and Star Ma- uh, Night Mask. Sorry. This is issue number 3. Not a huge fan. It's okay. Um, it's just, I feel like I don't know what this book is. It's written by Greg Weisman, artwork by Domo Stanton. Um, it's like trying to be this kind of teenish book about these two characters with superpowers but it's also trying to be this larger metatextual story about these characters with these abilities uh, I do like the concept that maybe we're going to see more about like an, another white event um, in a different world on the Kree world but other than that I just I wasn't a huge fan the art didn't quite work for me I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 uh, I don't think it was very strong uh, next up is Star-Lord number 4 uh, I don't really like this um it's written by Sam Humphreys, artwork by Javier Garon. I'm not a huge fan of Garon's art. Uh, even the scripting, I didn't find that strong. I, the whole, it just doesn't feel like any version of Star Lord we really have. Like, obviously, they're trying to kind of tell an origin story for the Star Lord we know, but even that doesn't quite fit. Um, 
I wasn't a huge fan of this issue. It felt like a bit of a slog to get through. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Next up is Superman American Alien number 4. In and of itself, it's not a bad issue. But if you try to in any way kind of tie this in with any other form of continuity, I don't think it fits at all. Uh, artwork by Jay Lee. It's written by Max Landis. I just feel like it's trying to do too much, and it doesn't quite earn any of it. Because um, we're getting kind of a very young Clark Kent who's not Superman yet, who's just kind of showed up in Metropolis, but at the same time, we're establishing that Batman's already around and has Dick Grayson. He's already kind of doing his thing. It feels like everyone else is established except for um, Clark Kent, and even the Clark Kent stuff doesn't quite work. Uh, again, I feel like they're trying to do so much without really earning the ability to kind of do it, and uh, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. I wasn't a huge fan of the JLU's artwork here. I didn't really think it was the best fit either. Uh, next, but last but not least, is uh, Web Warriors number four by Mike Costa and David Baldion. Uh, this I liked. This continued continued story about the Electroverse, sorry, or at least the Electro characters amongst all the different universes. I like that there's kind of a, a heroic version of a Doc Ock character. I thought this was very enjoyable. Um, really a big fan of this. Um, yeah, I, I I really loved this. I thought this was a lot of fun. So I'm going to give this issue a, a 7 out of 10. Eh, 7.5. Uh, if we look forward to next week's releases, and by next week I mean today's releases, February 24th, some of the highlights that I will hopefully be talking about next week include Aquaman 49, new issue of Batman and Robin Eternal, um, Birds of Prey has its second trade paperback. This is, the, uh, I believe, the uh, collection of the 90s material, which is cool. Uh, Dark Knight 3, Master Race number 3, uh, Deathstroke 15, there's also the second uh, trade paperback of Deathstroke called God Killer, the new issue of Grayson, of Flash, of Justice League, of um, Suicide Squad, Most Wanted, Deadshot, and Katana. We've got a new issue of Superman, Lois, and Clark, which I'm just absolutely loving. Uh, we've got Superman, The Coming of the Superman, which I believe is the book that keeps getting advertised in each DC book by Neil Adams. Uh, we've got a new issue of Teen Titans, We Are Robin, Back to the Future, Saga, a uh, new issue of Only All Different Avengers, uh, Only Humans, Only X-Men, Only Wolverine. Sorry, no, sorry, Only Wolverine, sorry, is the second printing. There's the first trade paperback of the Only Captain America. Not the current one, but the one before. I guess the new one's called Captain America Sam Wilson. My God, things get confusing. Uh, Amazing Spider-Man 1.3 is coming out. New issue of Only X-Men. Uh, new issue of Astonishing Ant-Man, which I absolutely adore. New issue of Daredevil, of Deadpool Classic. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy and the X-Men trade paperback Black Vortex, which is still has its its uh, effect as being felt. Uh, we've got Hercules number four. God, I love this book. Uh, new issue of Kanan, of Karnak, which... I, when did Kanan, Karnak number one even come out? Like It feels like this is really delayed. Uh, there's the Marvel Masterworks of Champions hardcover volume one. Uh, new issue of Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. There's the Siege Battleworld trade paperback, new issue of Silk of Spider-Man 2099. There's the Spider-Verse trade paperback, which I'm surprised took this long to come out. Star Wars trade paperback on Chewbacca, that's that uh, miniseries, as well as a new issue of Venom Space Knight. Uh, so that's everything coming up next week. Or, and by next week, again, I mean today on February 24th. Thank you again for joining us for this episode of Comic Shenanigans. You can email us at comicshenanigans at gmail.com, like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes, and you can also listen to us on Stitcher. Upcoming episodes, whew, we've got a lot coming up in the next couple months. We're going to have an episode with Jerry Conway. Uh, we're working on James Robinson. 
Very excited that we're going to have Tom Brevoort on the show, which will be very exciting. We're going to have an episode looking at the Batman vs. Superman movie when that comes out. We're going to have an episode with Christos Gage, with Dennis Hopeless, with Jam DeMatteis, with Dan Abnett, with uh, David Michelini, with Joshua Hill Fialkov. Uh, we've got another another episode with Howard Mackey. We've got tons of stuff coming over the next uh, two or three months, which is going to be super exciting. So there's a lot of good stuff to look forward to. So thanks again for listening to this episode, and we'll catch you next time for episode 350. Bye-bye.